Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Hey guys, how you guys doing? How's everyone else? All right, well, I'm excited. I sounds like I'm going to talk about my agitated life and how the Lord has been fermenting some wine in me. No no pressure, though. It's good, as long as it's good wine. Um, You guys get to a place real quick for me. Samuel. We're going to go to... I thought I marked it. Samuel 2? How about first thing? Here, let me look at my notes. I thought I marked it. I got a little tossed at the end of worship there. Anybody else? Good. Anybody good. else get that? Good. Like some of you guys are like, what's he talking about? Brent knows. <laughs> Whew. Man, we started praying. Going after that, Jen was leading us. Just could feel the uh, Second Samuel six. Could feel the presence just really get stirred up. Amen. Yeah, there we are. Second Samuel six. So, uh, yeah. So um, I I've, I really kind of you know we we want to bring often and talk about who we are at Bethel Atlanta, and I think it's come up over the last probably a couple weeks during maybe transitions or you know, uh, different things where we, we're, there's a little bit more of a focus on a, us being a people of his presence, right? I think I've shared it in a couple of transitions. I'm sure we've been talking about longer than that, but you know, one of the things we are is we're a family gathering around his presence. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Like we gather around his presence. And so uh, I, I kind of felt like um, I wanted to talk a little bit about what that, what that means, what comes with that. And then just, I felt um, actually this morning, I was supposed to just really just share some stories about encounters. Are we, are we like encounters? How many of you like encounters with God? <laughs> encounters with Jesus, encounters with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I, I'm just gonna share some stories and then, uh, and then really kinda wanna focus on why that's important. Because you know, if you're not familiar with a kingdom or revival culture, it's probably easy, and I'll bet some of us in the room, I was one that used to think this, will think it's just an emotional experience, it's just not really, uh, it's not really the spirit thing, right? And you're going after that for that emotional high. Now, I like the high, anybody else, anybody else right? We do like the high. And so, as, but you know, you can easily get there in your logical mind, right? Intellectual mind, you can just go there and that's just kind of where you, but I wanna kind of, I felt like it was important to talk a little bit about why we go after the presence, why we are hungry for encounters. So I'll share some stories, we'll talk a little bit about that, but let's talk, um, let's just read in Samuel, we'll start there and then uh, get, it, get through it. So uh, we're gonna start in uh, 6.1. I'm gonna read a little bit, so <clears throat> cruise along with me if you got your Bibles. Now David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people who were with him to a city to bring up from there the ark of God 
which is called by name, the very name of the, of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned above the cherubim. They placed the ark of God on a new cart. I like that it was new, not an old one. I'm not sure what that must have been, must have been specifically said, right? It's a new cart that they might bring it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, you go roll with me. I, I know some of you know this stuff, but I'm just going to botch it and cruise, okay? <laughs> the sons of Abinadab were leading the new, the new cart, specifically. So they, they brought it up with the ark of God from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Ahio was walking ahead of the ark. Meanwhile, David and all the house of Israel, all the house of Israel, were celebrating before the Lord with all kinds of instruments, made of fir wood, with lyres, with harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. But when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out toward the ark of God and took hold of it because the oxen nearly upset it, right? So like it was gonna get knocked over, he thought, yeah? And so the anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah and God struck him down there for his irreverence and he died there by the ark of God. David became angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah and named the place Perazuzzah to this day. So it is to this day. So David was afraid of the Lord that day. And he, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? And David was unwilling to move the ark of, of the Lord into the city of David with him. So David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Thus the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his household. So then David, he says, he, he comes to learn that Obed, the house of Obed-Edom was being blessed and all that belongs on, to him was being blessed on account of the ark of God. So David went up and he's like, that can't, that, that's got to happen in my house, <laughs> right? This is, this is, this is the, the demonstration of the hunger <laughs> of the presence of God, right? So, well, no, that can't just happen there. That's got to happen here. And so, so he, he, he says, so, so it was when, oh, let me start, start over. David went up, bought the house, brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. Six paces, that seems like it's gonna be a, they had a lot of, they had a lot of livestock, right? <laughs> and David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. Um, I'll stop there. So, so David and the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord, shouting at the sound of the trumpet. So I'll stop there. You guys, some of you guys know the rest of that story, but I, I wanted to kind of talk a couple things. Like, I, one thing. This is a side note, okay? This is not part of the message. But I felt, I felt like I should say it. Lauren's getting scared. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah, Uzzah reached out toward the ark of God and took hold of it because it nearly upset it. Be careful when we think we need to, we need to defend the Lord. The Lord doesn't need to be defended. He needs to be represented. Be careful when we think we need to defend the Lord. He doesn't need to be defended. He needs to be represented. So a couple of, that was it. That's, I've done, that's, that was the message. <laughs> Did the power pause and everything, right? 
like, uh, a, a couple things I think we can learn from this experience with David is, you know, he has this massive heart. We know the heart of, the, of David, right? The heart, man after God's own heart. He has this massive heart for the presence of God, right? And so he goes all the way out of his way to like go get the ark. And we know the ark of God represents his presence, right? It's where his presence rested. And so he goes out of his way and he's thinking, we should worship before the Lord. Wow. Leading the presence of God, the ark, with worship. And that was beautiful. And then someone tried to protect and then it kind of stopped the whole thing, right? Shut it down. Now David learns I have reverence and fear in the presence of God. One thing I've thought about is over the years of experiencing revival as it's just kind of like, I, you know, I remember when it became kind of a norm that the presence of God was a norm. It wasn't in visitations, but it was more in inhabitation, so to speak, if we could say it like that, right? that I remember thinking, now, now we have to learn how to steward the revival, not just steward encounters. Because when he's present all the time, that, <clears throat> that, that denotes a different posture, if you will, right? And, and I remember thinking, so, so here's an example of, uh, well, so here's an example of like, oh, we can just, I, I feel like we can get kind of very familiar with the presence of God and forget the reverence and the fear of him showing up in the room, right? And be like, well, it's reverence, you know. No, if he showed up in the room, we'd be scared. If he showed up in his fullness, we'd be scared, and that's okay. I mean, in a second, he could take us out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, it's that awe and wonder it, the, not just the respect for the Lord, but the fear of the Lord, of, oh my goodness. And here David experiences this. But I think it's a picture of what we can get to in the familiarity of his presence and missing the, oh no, there's a different posture when his presence becomes normal. What we show up on a Sunday morning or we host him throughout the week in our daily day-to-day, -day, there's, there's, there's a familiarity that can happen where we're just a little bit flippant about like, ah, you know, yeah, God comes, God goes. I could just go on with my life. It's like, well, you're not wrong, but we're missing a piece because he wants to bring us from glory to glory. Doesn't want you to stay there. And there's this a piece of the honor recognizing the reverence, the fear of the Lord, if you will, of, okay, he's doing something in the room and I need to adjust, hear, and respond. And so I feel like that's something David caught in this moment. So then when he heard that the, the favor of the Lord, the presence, was blessing this guy's house, what comes with the presence? Blessing and increase Jobs and better jobs. No, okay. <laughs> Benefits. No, that's it. Like, so, so we, 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 you know, he starts seeing this, this crazy blessing and favor over Obed-Edom. And he's like, I've got this hunger for the presence and it's going to exceed my fear. And I'm going to go. And this next time he says, we're going to sacrifice. Make a sacrifice every six paces. I don't know how long your pace is. Mine's not very big. 
<clears throat> I'm a trail runner, so we don't run very fast. <laughs> so it might be like six feet for me, I don't know. So like every six paces, so then he learns there's something else that goes before the Lord and it's sacrifice. It's good. It's really good. He proceeds. And, and he doesn't do away with the worship because now he says not only are all y'all with all of the Israel and that we're doing the instruments and stuff, he's like, now y'all are gonna be doing the sacrifice. And he himself, David says, I'm gonna lead you in extravagant worship because I'll still worship my God. And then he like steps it up another level, right? Not only does he lead in extravagant worship, but he strips off his clothes and he says, I'll, I'll even be un, more undignified than this, right? He's like, I'm undignified, but I'll even be more than this if it means that I'm worshiping the presence of God. And so I think we learn a couple keys now when we see David and we're like, oh, he learned sacrifice has to proceed. Wow. We, we'll get sayings like fire falls on sacrifice, right? He's attracted the presence is following the sacrifice. I think we can say he's attracted to sacrifice. When he sees sacrifice, he shows up. He says, I like that. I want to be around that. And then, then we, I think we can pull from this and, re, and see that David sees that, yes, we're preceding it with worship, but we're, we're, preceding, we're preceding it with this authenticity of I will be real, even if it makes me look ugly. Even if it, no matter what the cost, I will be real before the Lord and before all, everyone else. There's an authenticity piece. Hmm. This kind of imperative. Because we don't like to be seen and known by everybody, if at all. Right? Like, I'm great if I got my one that sees me, but man, if everybody saw this, whew, I don't know. I don't know how I could lead. I don't know how they'd follow. I don't know what that would do to my reputation or my family's reputation. I don't know what that do to me in my workplace and my, my route for promotion. Like, how's that going to affect all this if they all really knew? So David leads with this. He proceeds with this authentic, exposed, if you will, all abandoned worship of being authentic before the Lord. I think it's a picture, an invitation for us. Will we, will we lay it all aside <laughs> to entertain the presence of the Lord? Will we lay it all aside, regardless of what we look like? Will I be even more of a fool than this? And some of us probably have experience where we've gone through seasons like that, right? It's like on fire, it's just all for the Lord. I'm just encounters flopping around on the ground. It's just, yes. And then, and then, and then five, six, seven, ten years, and we're like, well, I'm more mature now. <laughs> Steve, what would Steve say? Let's laugh at that. <laughs> Steve Backlund, right? He said, let's laugh at that. And, and, and I, I kind of 
wanted to kind of read through this a little bit and just share some of my own stories because I feel like some of it is this picture of the agitation (laughs) of where we had to sacrifice throughout our life. And I won't share stories, I'm sure, that's not any, that unfamiliar with people in the room. But I have the mic, so I'm gonna share my stories. But, <laughs> but like, he falls on sacrifice. And, and even as Jen was sharing this morning, like I was remembering all these different places in my life where we've made major sacrifices to follow the Lord. Yeah. Like, like big sacrifices. Like I had a, a great business one, one year. I've had several, but one year in specific, I had a great business making great money. Great is relative. We were doing about 140,000 a year. And I heard the Lord say, it's time to sell your business. And I, and I had another business going on the side. And it was, uh, so I had a roofing company and then I had a lawn uh, landscaping business. Really, I was mowing lawns, let's just be honest. <clears throat> so, it sounds better when you say landscaping, right? <laughs> so, so, I'm like, successful over here, you know, a prominent person in the community, part of Rotary International, in the Chamber of Commerce, like, you know, success. I got 2.5 kids, I got the white picket fence, right? I'm a dead up to my eyeballs, I'm doing the American dream. <laughs> and the Lord's like, hey, it's time to sell. And I'm like, ah, but I'll go mow lawns. He's like, yeah. Like, well, I'm only gonna make 30,000 a year over here. He's like, yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna give you a secret, you ready? The best prayer response that you can give to the Lord, you ready? Okie dokie, Lord. (laughs) No matter how you really think or feel, if you can say that and respond accordingly, you're gonna be just fine, right? And so it was, it was like, okay, 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 okay. This is gonna be crazy. This launched us on a journey. We left our dream home. And we worked hard for it. Did a lot of work in. (laughs) Because we heard the Lord. To, To make pennies And we lived for about five years, moving from house to house and rental to rental. And my kids are still doing great. Like they didn't, they're okay. (laughs) But like we just followed the Lord and we're doing this because I'm hearing the Lord and we walked away from health insurance. We walked away from security. We walked away from all the things that we're thinking, this is kingdom. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is how God shines his blessing on us. Well, he also shine his blessing over here. It just may not look the same, right? Like, let's be careful what we're labeling as success spiritually. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Just doesn't mean it's always the story. And so then we're on this journey. And so, you know, man, we learned a lot of things. Trusting in the Lord with all of our might, right? With all of our mind, leaning not on our understanding. All our ways. All of them. So we're like learning some things, right? But, but what happened is, is the Lord's presence is attracted to sacrifice. And he showed up. 
Not only did he show up, I grew spiritually. We grew as a family spiritually. We grew tight. But we also grew in revival. It was probably the, it was, if I go back, I started like kind of realizing if you, how many of you guys remember the renewal movement, late 90s? A few of you guys, right? Like, but it was about 10, 12 years later. This took place. I sold this business and all of a sudden, and around the same time, we were experiencing another wave of, of encounter and stuff through Reading um, and, and uh, just even in our own church. And it was like this, I was able to not just watch it, but be a part of it and actually lead in it too. Yeah. He falls on sacrifice. I'm not saying my sacrifice brought revival. I just hope you understand. <laughs> but if we all lived it, would he not? Would he not be attracted to that as a whole? Whew. And so we're seeing this sacrifice thing. And then if I look even at some of the, the stories in my life of like uh, uh, the, I, I've been, the authentic piece has been something I've had a lot of feedback on. Like you're, you're, you're authentic. Somebody said, you're authentic, you're real. You say it how it is. I'm like, yeah, that's right. And then other people are like, hey, you're saying too many things. <laughs> you're saying all the things. You shouldn't say all the things. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know any different. I'm like, <laughs> but there was something that happened when, uh, you know, I went to Reading for the first time in uh, 2002 and, and uh, just experienced the raw manifest presence of God. Now, I had had an encounter in, in prison one time. I know some of you guys like, what? Yeah, it was in a maintenance room. Are you ready? He shows up in the weirdest places. And so we're in a prayer meeting in a maintenance room. We had about 20, 30 people, so it was a big maintenance room. But uh, here we're in a, this prayer meeting, and I could, I could feel the presence of God. So I was probably like maybe 20 years old or something. And I'm like, I could feel him. I went to the guy leading the prayer meeting after him. I'm like, he's here. And he was a little seasoned, right? He goes, he goes oh, yeah, isn't it good? And I'm like, no, 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 you don't get this. <laughs> I mean, he's actually in the room. He goes, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I'm like, nah, you're still not getting it. I mean, like, I can feel him. He's in the room. And he goes, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> so then in 2002, I had this encounter in Reading and through worship experience, I've shared it before, but but in this, but after having this encounter, you know, the, the message Bill spoke was, uh, the, the train of his robe will come in and fill the temple, but because he's infinite, it will keep on coming. And so this concept of there's more to the presence of God always <laughs> became known to me. At first it was just, oh, this is great. He's in me. He's around me. He's with me when we're praying together, but I can have an encounter and oh, there's more. Now you guys learned some stuff about me, right? But I'm, I'm an old drug addict and, and my drug of choice was more. So when I found out you could have more, <laughs> it's on. <laughs> I want more of this. And this encounter led me on a course in my life that said, I can't be quenched with anything less than the presence of God and all he has for me. And I, and I began to just go and dig. Anybody read God Chasers? Tim, Tim, Tom Tenney, right? We're going back. We're going back a few years, decades maybe. But and so... I, I re, I'm, so I'm reading this book and I'm reading about these manifest raw encounters that were happening. And I'm like, now I'm digging, I want more. 
I want, more. I want this in my life. And this led me on a journey actually to start experimenting with prophetic worship, spontaneous worship, started experiencing his presence. And then that led me into a place where I'm leading prof uh, prophetic worship. And, and, and in these prophetic worship moments, I found I would just be almost like David, like a psalmist, if you will, just crying out my heart, all the things. And this authenticity piece came out because it was the raw, authentic worship before the Lord. And my encounters reflected what we're hearing in David's story where he shows up and he followed it. He was attracted to it. And his presence would show up, not just in my life, but even in groups where we're leading worship and having encounters. And, and so what I see here, I'm seeing true in my life as I'm looking at the agitation and the fermentation of, of what the Lord's brewing in the wine in us. By the way, when you said that, I had a vision of the cellar. And I, and I went down to the cellar and I pulled the bottle off the shelf and it said, 2022. And I thought, well, isn't it the other way around? Isn't supposed to be the wine dated? He goes, yeah, this has been in here for a long time and I've dated it for this moment. Is that wild? So, so this, these, these moments of, uh, of crazy worship and, and he's attracted to that and these encounters that we experience in these moments, like uh, you guys, we gotta be hungry for them. We'll talk in a minute about why, but we gotta be hungry for them. I was doing worship one night and, and uh, in a, no, it was a Sunday morning and uh, with a team and, <clears throat> and I think you guys might have been there and uh, we called it the hallway incident. This shows up in the weirdest place. Do you remember the hallway incident? So we're, we're, we're leading worship. I think I was doing a Jason up to song or something and I come out the backstage, right? We go out the backstage and, and in the hallway, there's like a hallway around the backstage, you know, like most traditional churches. And so uh, we don't have one, but you know, and so we're not traditional, but you know. So, so I come out the backstage in the hallway and, and there's, there's a girl there and she's like, she just starts prophesying over me. God, Jason Upton anointing, people are set free. They're found in their identity. They found their new father and adoption. And she's just prophesying this Jason Upton word over me. And I just get rocked. I mean, like slammed against the wall. I'm shaking. I'm holding a bottle of water, trying not to spill it, right? And I'm like shaking. I think actually it was a cup. And so I'm shaking against the wall and I'm slowly like, oh, you know, I'm like fighting it, right? Now you guys got to understand something about me. I'm very intellectual, okay? So usually when I'm manifesting under the presence of God, I'm trying to work out whether it's God or not. <laughs> right? You know what, Brent? Yeah. I'm like shaking uncontrollably. I'm like, but is this God? I'm not sure if it is. Should, it, should I be, is this okay? I don't know. You know, like, so, so that's, that's my normal. Like, so I'm like getting rocked. I'm like, okay, no, I'm a hold strong, hold strong, you know? <laughs> so now, now I'm on the floor. The whole band is in the hallway now. The whole band's on the floor in this hallway. They're already doing the, inter, the, the announcements already, right? It's Sunday morning service. They're doing announcements. They're getting ready to do offering and intro the speaker, the whole thing. And so here we are in, the, in this hallway and, uh, and, and we're all just rocked by the presence of God. And it was the wildest thing. We, sat, we were laid there for an, uh, probably an hour or more and we would have these waves. We would cry and, and, then, we'd, and then we'd sober and then we'd start laughing <laughs> and then we'd kind of sober 
you get quiet, and then someone would say a vision of what they see. <laughs> and then we start laughing again. And then someone would say a word that they're hearing. And it was why we just went through this thing. The speaker just continued to speak. Like, he's in there speaking, and we're not quiet. <laughs> it's not quiet back here. And there's, he's speaking, you know, doing Sunday morning. And I remember a friend of ours, he'd come around, because they started coming. People started coming. So they started coming around through the fellowship hall and kind of creak, creaking open the door, like, what's going on in the hallway? <laughs> and so they're poking their head in. They're like, oh, I'm going to come in there and sit down and just kind of get, get in the presence. And I remember one of our friends come in. He was he intellectual like me, right? He's very, like, skeptical intellectual. <laughs> and he's just looking, watching, standing in the door watching. And I remember laying there thinking, I just got to get my hand on his head. <laughs> <laughs> Right? I just got to get my hand on his head. And I didn't know what or why. Like, this is relatively new to me. And so I, so I, I just, I crawl up. I crawl up. I'm, and I'm crawling over people because they're all on the floor, right? I'm crawling over people. And I remember getting up and putting my hand right on his head. And I kid you not, five feet up on his back, flopping. <laughs> Never had an encounter in his life. And I'm like, holy cow. And then I get rocked more than the hallway starts getting rocked more, right? This was around 10 years ago or so when all, we just had that wave, and I felt like even this morning, realizing there's this timeline, I feel like the Lord's saying, it's time again. Yeah. It's time again for some encounters, but I need a people that's ready to be authentic, yes. raw, yes. and is willing to sacrifice so I can fall on it. Yes. So my charge this morning is this, that we begin to posture ourselves authentic, raw worshipers that are following the Lord. And I guarantee you, if you follow the Lord, you're going to sacrifice sacrifice something. It's going to cost you. There's a few things, not a few, there's a lot of reasons why. I just shared a couple encounters. There's, I've had a lot. One night we were, I was in Reading and I was on the ground kind of right here on the floor, laying down upside down, Right. Uh, upside down, uh, whatever that is, on my back. So I'm laying on my back. I'm laying there flopping, trying to work out whether it's God. <clears throat> and, uh, and I feel a drop of water on my forehead. It's physical water. Nobody was, there was, nobody was splashing water or nothing. And I was like, what the heck was that? And I heard the Lord say, I just anointed you. You guys, some really important things happen when we have encounters. <laughs> There's some really important things that take place. This is what I shared a couple weeks ago during the transition, that if he's in the room, if his presence is in the room, miracles will show up. It's impossible for them not to because he brings all of heaven with him. <laughs> and in heaven, there is no sickness. There is no disease. There is all complete healing. And- This is what shows up in the room. It's impossible for it not to. But he brings a lot of things. He brings transformation. Jen referenced this earlier, that we all with unveiled faces beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image and going from glory to glory. That when we behold him, we become like him. This is why we want him in the room. This is why we want to live a life of sacrifice. This is why we want to live a life of authenticity. This is why we want to live a life that's, that, 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 that is unquenchable with anything but the raw power of God. Yeah. 
This is why we live that life. Because when we see him, we become like him. And if you've known me for any amount of time in my past, I have a colorful past. (laughs) And when I share my story, I love it. John Donaldson always brings it up to me. He says, man, when you share your story, he goes, it's the absolute demonstration of the gospel and of redemption and transformation. We can't even see who that person you're describing is anymore. <laughs> like, it's wild. But, but it wasn't because I read my Bible more. There's nothing wrong with reading your Bible. We need to read your Bible. Don't hear that. Don't hear what I don't say. Hear what I do say. Yeah, can we? It, but that's not why. It was because I got introduced to the absolute power and presence of God. That I began to encounter him. I was a Christian for about a dozen years trying to be a good Christian. How'd that work out? <laughs> Not too well. I, I, I tease, I always say this, I can sum up Christianity before the actual like, encountering presence of God or being filled, the spirit filled, however you wanna say it. I can sum it up like this, right? You're, either, you're, you're trying not to sin, you're trying to figure out the will of God for your life, and then you're trying to get other people to do it with you. <laughs> right? that, that's it, that was Christianity. I'm like, and none of us were successful. <laughs> It wasn't until I encountered his presence and began to feel the transformation from the inside out that I started experiencing the breakthrough and looking like the pages, the things I read in the pages. It's because of the presence of God. It, It doesn't happen because we studied more. It happens because we studied more and we had the presence of God. So we know he brings love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We know he brings these things because these are the fruits of the spirit, right? So when he shows up in our life, these things become accessible. Not to-do lists, accessible to be. Come to school ministry, we'll talk more about that. (laughs) He brings justice, he brings mercy, he brings courage. You ever experience be in the presence of God and we used to be like, I'm gonna take over the world, right? We're doing revival. And then you're like, you're nine to five, like on Wednesday afternoon, you're falling asleep at two. And you're like, what happened to the, we're taking over the world. I'm like, I just gotta get through Wednesday and get to Friday. What happened? I, I didn't host him. I didn't steward him. Well, that means I gotta get up earlier. Yeah, like I said, he's gonna fall on sacrifice. I gotta do stuff for the Lord? No, I'm just saying, this is how he works. We just read it. We don't have to. But if we want more, how much do we want more? Will we go after the presence of God? When he shows up, understanding comes. You ever be in the presence and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that makes sense. Right? Happened to me this morning. We're in prayer, prayer time, and the presence showed up. I could feel it. And how sudden the whole word today came together. And then about like 30 minutes later, after we left the prayer meeting, I was like, gosh, I don't even know how I'm going to like structure this. What, what, what was I going to talk about? <laughs> I was like, oh, I better just get to worship. That's all that matters. <laughs> because I just need to get in the presence.
Your eyes get opened. Your ears get opened. We can hear his voice. We can see him and what he's doing. What I love about being in the presence when the, when the presence of God shows up is it's like a chiropractor. Adjustments take place. Click, click, click. And you're like, oh, 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 I was, oh, I was thinking here. I, I was, now I should be thinking here. Healing, signs, wonders, miracles, power, empowerment, wholeness, life, reviving, identity, purpose. A superior reality shows up, freedom shows up, transformation shows up. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. What doesn't show up? (laughs) What are we longing for? All those things. How do we get them? Live a life of authenticity and sacrifice. (laughs) Put it all before the Lord. Bear your soul before the people around you and him. Encounters, revelation, understanding. It ignites us. It causes us to be who he says we're called to be and do what he says we're called to do. We can't do it without him. I don't want to do it without him. That's, that's, we've, we've read that, right? Don't, far be it for me to go just because you sent an angel. I'll only go if the presence goes, precedes me. That's who we are. That's how we travel around in a tent for three and a half years. <laughs> That's who we are. We want to follow the presence of God, but I want to charge us. Even as we're just like brewing over this next week, I feel like there's something real specific uh, that the Lord wants to uh, release, uh, invite us into, and, very, and I mean literally like with this week specifically. And I feel like there's keys in what I'm reading in, our, in what we're getting out of David and his, his, uh, what he demonstrated with a life of worship and authenticity and sacrifice. And I know we all sacrifice. Like I know we are worshipers. Like this is, we pride ourselves in the fact that we as a house are a house of worshipers. But the Lord's inviting us into something, another level. I want, I want you to come up here so I can show you the things that will happen from hereafter. Right? He's calling us into something, and I feel like there is some timely specific thing with this week. So I want to encourage us to, whatever that looks like for you, to sacrifice. If it's fasting, if it's reading, if it's getting up early, if it's pursuing the presence, if it's listening to worship, when I usually listen to just rock and roll. Nothing wrong with any of those, but I feel like there's something, an invitation that the Lord's saying, hey, come up here, I want to do something. I feel like it's time for another wave of his presence and encounters that will result in transformation, identity, and purpose, revival. And it starts with us. You guys good with that? Should you guys stand? Lord, I thank you for what you're doing with us, Lord. Let's guys put your hands out. We're just begin to just like uh, adjust your hearts to a heart of gratitude real quick for him. Just look to him and just begin to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your transformation, your transformative process, Lord, the, the, the fact that you show up and we change, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Come on, you guys just keep, put it on your lips. Put thank, thankfulness on your lips. 
just thank him for whatever comes to mind. Lord, we thank you for the, for the goodness, Lord, your faithfulness, Lord, that you never leave us or forsake us, Lord, that you, you're so kind to walk with us through our process to meet us where we're at. Lord, and I just thank you that you have this desire to encounter your children in a new way, Lord. We say yes to the new wine. We say yes to the uh, uh, popping the cork. We say yes to busting the cask. We say yes to pouring it out, Lord. We say yes to pouring out in this new wineskin. Lord, we say yes, 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 we want it. Come on, guys, I wanna hear you, I wanna hear you. He wants to hear you. Lord, we say yes, we say yes. We want your presence, Lord. We want your glory to fall, your Shekinah glory. We want your glory to show up in such a way that we can't move. Lord, we want you to come. Come, come, come. Would you fall on us? Fall on us as a people of sacrifice and a people of authentic worship, Lord. Would you fall on us as a people that are con just contending for miracles, signs, and wonders? We want to see your face in our midst. Lord, we, we want to just, uh, uh, we thank you, Lord, that we are, you've designed us to be a people to pursue your face and to house your presence and to become the ark of God now, to become the temple where you reside now. Lord, we thank you that you are just designed desire to be in us, with us, and amongst us, that you're Emmanuel, God, with us. Lord, we say yes and amen. Yes and amen to what you want to do in 2022. Lord, we say yes and amen. Lord, we just release a grace over everyone in the room that we would just be inspired for a life of authenticity and sacrifice like we've never experienced before. Thank you, Jesus. We've had words that we'll be entering a season of holiness. I was reading the other day in, in, the, in the book, the guy said, uh, that's what the Holy Spirit is. He's, he's the spirit of holiness. It's like, oh, then we need the Holy Spirit. Come on, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Let's go after it, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.